Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where our investigators have entered an all-new landscape. But first, we will do introductions. So to my right... Hello, I'm Mike, and I'm playing James Robert Fraser who seems to be wearing a doublet and a hose. Strange. I never figured you for the doublet sort of person, but it seems the Dreamlands has got a plan of its own. To his right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I'm surrounded by cats, and I have rarely been happier. <laughs> there are an awful lot of cats here on this Dreamlands Express. That is for certain. Uh, at the end of the table. Hi, I'm Joss, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and I'm deeply concerned that we are closer to Carcosa than ever before. I mean, relatively speaking, who could say? To his right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I'm playing Maggie Bellinger, and I always wanted a pet bird or two. <laughs> well, and so they have appeared, one for each shoulder to pluck eyes or bring you shiny things as necessary. So. Yeah, you're gonna need some. You need to do some shoulder <laughs> workout, some lat bar exercises. I think after all this is over. Uh, and last but most certainly not least, I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And uh, yeah, Richard's having a tough time working out where he is at the minute. Um, <laughs> he's trying to work out what's going on. Yeah, the, it's not just the clothes; it's the sky and the creatures and. This, strange sort of place his device looks different as well he's starting to wonder whether it might work a bit different too hmm. that's an excellent question so we return to the dreamlands express in which our investigators have boarded a train of dreams one built of monstrous forms linked together by some unknown force and are currently thundering down this landscape to places they're not even sure even exist. Uh, the surrounding car that you've entered, along with the conductor, the gentleman who introduced himself as Henry Peters, has quite a strange amount of accessories. The inside of the carriages are beautiful, wonderfully opulent even more so than the Orient Express. But you've all begun to notice that the inside of the cars seem to alter and change as necessary. And so when some of the other passengers boarded the train with you, the human passengers, that is, the seats in the cars adjust depth and width to fit the person. You see strange 
moving tentacles that push themselves out of seams and cushions to take a man's hat to put it on a hook or to secure a woman's handbag so that it doesn't fall during all of the thumping along the landscape as these multi-limbed beasts move you along. Pretty good clip. It's There's a otherworldly nature to it. Your eyes simply have a difficult time rendering at first. And the passengers seem to just melt into the landscape too. They're not shocked by any of these strange occurrences as if they've have done this a hundred times. And your conductor is far more than simply a man that goes to the front of the, this <laughs> express and drives it. He's at your very beck and call. He's on your elbow when you have a question about something. He's front and center with any sort of inquiry that you may have. He's offering you savory hors d'oeuvres or possibly teas and sweets. Uh, he is a wonder to behold. And it's hard to see just where he gets all the energy. The carriage that you're in has six relatively similarly sized rooms. And Henry sees each one of you into a sleeping car. And he explains that each one of them is outfitted properly with uh, anything that a discerning travelers might need. It's important, he says, to, to understand that the sleeping car compartments are part of what makes the Dreamlands Express such a pleasant stay. Uh, and he says that when, when I was still in the waking world, like you still are, I had the pleasure of being the conductor for the Orient Express. And so I've taken care to craft everything here to meet that high bar that that train did. You can see the ivory corridor that kind of splits the two sections of the sleeper car, three and three. Just like the layout of the Orient Express would be, except this is a little bit wider. Uh, You can see that there are lanterns along the corridor here, one outside of of every room. Some are tinted with amber glass and others are tinted with green glass. The walls between those compartments can be locked and unlocked, Henry explains. And so that if any one of you seeks to have a larger room or perhaps to share the space for comfort, and he uh, gives you just the slightest brief smile, when he says that word, uh, they can be pulled back or adjusted. He simply, and with an even hand, shows you how the walls can move if necessary. There are, he says, a couple of other passengers, of course, in the further compartments, but uh, the one I would be careful of, he turns to you, Mr. Fraser. There's a compartment, not, but two sections down where the cats have taken up their residency. I, well, uh, yes, I did um, stumble a little, and uh, unfortunately one of the one of the wee creatures uh, got under my feet there. So I, I take it uh, they weren't too happy about that. Uh, uh, mm, no, and the cats of Ulthar do tend to hold grudges, so... 
Well, well, I was given some wee sweet sweet treats to to give them, so uh, you know, hopefully that's mollified them a, a, a wee bit. I mean, they're only cats after all. He looks at you just for a moment, and he doesn't reply. He turns to you, Lady Elizabeth, and says, uh, uh, "Miladia, your stateroom here should be sufficient, I hope, for your uh, stay." It's marvelous, thank you. Couldn't have dreamed a better one myself. These silk drapes, he goes to the window. They're, you see they're beautiful crimson silk drapes. You can simply uh, pull them here. He tugs a very tiny rope. And when he does, two yarn-thin tentacles come out of the side of the wall, and they wrap the curtains and then pull them open. And then he tugs like another rope and then they close. There's a, a fair amount here of uh, selections of perfumes and and perhaps uh, changes of clothes. We have uh, all manner of fineries in each one of the staterooms. Now, I must attend to duties here aboard the Express. Each of the rooms has proper clothes for the banquet later on this evening. So please, see to uh, getting settled and I'll be back to assist with... Uh, Perhaps a important part of your journey. Oh, um, excuse me, uh, Mr. Peters, just, just, just before you go, yes. I, I, I was wondering, you say when you were in the waking world, you, you were a conductor aboard the Orient Express? Hmm. He nods. What, what exactly did he mean by that? Oh, well, he kind of stands up a little straight. I mean that when... When I was still within the waking world, I was a conductor aboard the Express. He straightens his tricorn hat. Uh, I, but we're, we're not in the waking world now, is that what you're saying? No, sir. You are beyond the wall of sleep in the land of dreams. And you are never in the waking world. Is, is that what you're trying to say to me? Is, is that what you mean? I am not trying to say that, sir. I am saying that. If it's not a rude question, uh, when were you last awake? <laughs> oh, well, he seems to start and then stop. It is not a rude question, sir. And I do take your desire to understand and know more about the conductor of your express, but uh, you'll forgive me, but it is a, a tale for a later time tonight. Aye, aye, well, well, uh, fair enough. Uh, well, thank you anyway, yeah. Uh, you say there's a ball tonight? Uh, a banquet, yes. Um, there's finery amongst your your uh, rooms there. You'll find proper dress, and uh, please be ready with your mask. He adjusts his. You can see that the he wears a, a very large bird beak mask on his face. doesn't cover his entire mouth. You can see that he has a normal human mouth, but it does overshadow. It's very... Uh, exaggerated. The beak is very exaggerated. It almost feels like something out of, well, out of perhaps uh, Parisian pastimes. Yeah, that was another thing I wanted to uh, ask you, um, Mike. Uh, does this chap speak with a, f a French accent? Do we get the impression that he's, he's French? Is, is it Henri or, or Henry? Uh, it is, it's technically, I suppose... If other passengers, when other passengers refer to him, they would probably refer to him as Henri, um, but he does speak with a slight French accent. 
Uh, okay. You think it's French anyway. Uh, but he uh, gives you all a bow and says adieu. And uh, he says, if you need anything you but ask, and uh, I shall be around. And you're kind of left here in this swell of silence after the conductor leaves. You can hear the churn of the beast underneath and the express itself moving you along the landscape. This is all rather peculiar. I would say that's an understatement, Professor Courtney. Yes. Well, if we're all dreaming, it's certainly a peculiar one. Can't say I'm complaining about it, though. Oh, yes, what do you dream about? Normal, everyday things, Lady Elizabeth? Mm, cats, mysterious tomes, all sorts of things. Oh, this does sound like a usual dream of yours, then. Well, for me, yes. I'm just thinking it's not perhaps Mr. Fraser's kind of dream. <laughs> it's not like any dreams I have. Um, if, if I may, um, speaking of mysterious tomes, uh, do, you, do you have yours on you? I... I have my device. It's a slightly different colour. Um, I was wondering if you had your uh, your book. Do I have my book, Mike? Your book is not amongst your things. Well, it's not here. Which uh, rather mm. tells me it's not just uh, my dream, let's say, because it would definitely be here if it was my dream, because I'd find a way to open it in the dream world. I've already done so five times over the last few days. In my dreams, anyway. Ah, but what precisely determines what, what is with us and what is not? I doubt if you'll find the answer to that question, Professor. I think we're uh, passengers, <laughs> not the train drivers in this particular adventure. Yes. Yes, one wonders... Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm going to see what waits for me in my compartment. Okay. You're going to go check out your compartment? I am indeed. Uh, so when you walk into your compartment, the door slides to the side. You can see the tiny, almost assistant tentacles reach over and tuck the door into position so that way it's out of your way. Uh, there is a very similar room, perhaps a bit smaller than the one Lady Elizabeth has, uh, that awaits you. There's... Uh, beautiful finery here on uh, every bit whether it's the upholstery or whether it's the woods here the curtains as well there's a small collection of colognes and brushes things to make yourself uh, perhaps uh, improve your improve the, the smell of you uh, overall seems that there's a uh, it seems anyway that there's a been a concentration that's been put into making sure guests smell well. Uh, and there's a divan here as well. Uh, you know from just from your travels on board the train this is probably where the bed is. Is there uh, a wash hand basin in the room? Absolutely. And it seems it's got both hot and cold water. Marvellous. I shall ablute myself in that case. Oh, that feels really good. You um, reach for a towel and you realize that it's being handed to you. This is most disconcerting. Inside the, the compartment as well you'd see that there is a there's something on a, a clothing hook for you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to look to see, um, because I know that um, Monsieur Peters spoke um, of a costume and a mask for the uh, for the banquet later on, so I'm, I'm curious to know exactly 
um, what has been laid out for me. Well, it's uh, rather stunning. Uh, it seems that there is this two-piece tuxedo, almost military-style suit. Uh, so it's high, high gray collar, and then there are uh, epaulets, and then a series of embellishments down the left and the right breast that run from basically the top of the pectoral all the way down to the stomach. It looks almost like a cavalry uniform. Um, and there are five gold bands on the right forearm portion of the outfit. So forgive me if I'm wrong, but five gold bands would indicate someone pretty high ranking. Mm-hmm. A potentially general, something like that, or or is it? Does it does it strike me as more naval or uh, military? No, this this feels more like army. This feels more like cavalry. Uh, maybe some type of maybe some type of special ranking. You're not really sure. Hmm. It's just a costume after all, and um, I shall. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll wash at the basin, um, and then I shall have a look at the different uh, colognes that uh, have, that there are, and uh, perhaps see which one I think might be uh, suitable to wear tonight. Comb my hair, put in if there's some sort of hair oil or um, pomander or something like that. There are. There are a an absolute trove of um, what you would call beautifications. So there's there are creams, there are colognes, there's brushes, there's mustache brushes specifically. It's definitely something that uh, you have kit like this in the waking world. Uh, but this is something different. This is far different. The The, the brushes, are they kind of um, quite fine, like sort of ivory backed or silver backed or something like that, or are they fairly plain? Two are ivory backed. One seems to be a tortoise shell. Very fine. A shave, I think, for a start. I'll get the shaving brush and A razor comes up from under the this the uh, sink there, and then you see a oh. a very uh, thin bristled shaving gel brush come up as these groups of tentacles begin moving things into position so that way you can utilize them. I am never going to get used to this. And then it snaps it snaps into your mind. Colonel. The five gold bands. That's a colonel rank. Commissioned officer, I... Well, I suppose uh, if I'm going to dress the part, I should look the part. And I'll start flip open the cutthroat razor and uh, apply some shaving cream um, and uh, shave the shave the chin but leave a uh, a fair sized moustache um, because as as every soldier knows the uh, the size of the moustache is indicative of the rank of the officer Yeah, and um, comb my hair and sort of preen myself a little bit and get ready for the evening. Very well. I will uh, leave you shaving then and preening yourself, Mr. Fraser. So, anybody else checking out their sweets? Certainly, if there are clothing for me to change to into in my suite, I will be there. Yeah. I may look different, but Maggie is still Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this robe is well, it's it's different. It's definitely interesting. Very breezy. It is. And 
not having shoes in this place is a little off-putting. Mm-hmm. Not that the carpet is not fine. Not that the flooring is not well within your uh, desires as far as level of quality. But with all these little tentacles running around, it's tough to know where it's safe to step. Yes. So it would be good if maybe I can find some footwear in my room. So if you go into the divan, uh, you you find a collection of clothing. Now they have everything from nightwear to daily wear to banquet dress. It really all depends on what you're trying to get prepared for. So I guess what's, uh, are you just looking over what's there? There, there was an event for us to go to tonight, it sounded like, so mm-hmm. Maggie would probably want to dress uh, fairly well. Okay. So with with what you find there, you find quite a bit of clothing uh, in here. In fact, it seems to go on for miles, the fabric. Not literally, but it takes you a little while to get it all bunched up together and to prepare it to be set out. Uh, so there's a beautiful emerald green dress in here. Uh, and it's not a bright emerald color. It's more of a diffused emerald. And so it's not as, we'll say, eye-catching as the, the dress you're currently in. But the amount of finery and a gold piping that has been put into it, along with lace and all sorts of wonderful uh, accessories. This is definitely going to make uh, an impression. Perfect. Do I know if Lady Elizabeth went to her compartment and if it is near mine? Well, I would imagine it's probably near yours, unless uh, she's actively trying to stay away from you, which is always Mm -hmm. potentially possible. I am in my compartment still, yes. I'm also having a look at my wardrobe because I'm quite enjoying the very uh, freeing nature of this outfit. You won't get warm in it, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm hot enough. I don't need my clothes to do it for me. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, I was I was thinking about if we can if I can part the wall between us, both emotionally and physically. Then I I was thinking about. Like parting it and poking poking my head in and and asking um, Lady Elizabeth what she was planning on on wearing tonight, uh, so that possibly co- coordinate our outfits. If there is a door between the two compartments, I've instructed one of the tentacles to keep it closed. <laughs> <laughs> and Maggie's like wrestling with this tentacle, trying to get it to let the the wall open, but it won't. <laughs> it won't budge. It's just like every time you go to open the wall to like get past it, you see a. Another tentacle appears. And after after a few persistent sort of sounds from the other (laughs) side, I'll just sort of sigh and let the let the door open. At least I know I can do it now. Lady Lady Elizabeth, these tentacles are quite unruly. Um they almost wouldn't let me in. Yes, they do seem to have a mind of their own, don't they? They yes, they do. Uh, I I thought that gentleman said that we could we could put our rooms to, together, but it doesn't seem like the compartments want that to occur. No, how sad. How uh, yes, disappointing, indeed. I was um I just wanted to to peek on over and um see what perhaps you were wearing uh if you wanted to coordinate outfits for the evening i'm not sure what kind of 
events our dream has in store for us tonight. Um, nor have I ever been to a formal event in a dream on a train um, uh, mode of trans mode of transport like this. A tentacle train. I would have been looking for the most brightly colored outlandish kind of thing I could find because I don't get to do this in the quote-unquote waking world and so I just want to gleefully indulge every style urge I've ever had that I was not allowed to do in public okay so you go into um, the divan and you open it up to see what clothing options there are and top selection is something that is exceedingly striking so you see a an outfit. This isn't a, it's not a dress and it's not it's not a doublet. It's not a tunic. It's a jacket. The fabric is seemingly fairly lightweight, although visually it looks like it's a lot heavier than that. Uh, you see that there's a a hat that goes with it that uh, goes up in sort of a conical shape and then wraps around your ears, and then there's almost a mane to the hat. There's several bits of fabric that spin off the back of the hat, and there are bracelets and all sorts of accessories. Underneath, there's a almost a lavender shirt that, that accompanies it. It's fairly striking. Rena is excited by this, as Lady E is. <laughs> like, I kind of want to wear this now. So I just sort of pick that up and uh, show it to Maggie's. Well, I was rather thinking of this. Sort of catches the eye, don't you think? Uh, yes, I, I think that that will look am amazing on you. Well, yes, everything will. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> quite quite a bit more fan fantastical than what I'm wearing, but, uh, but that's, uh, you know, the colors are still in the same family, so I think we'll be okay. Are we supposed to be coordinating? Um, not particularly. Just thought it'd be fun. Do make it rather sound like we're a couple, Miss Bellinger. Just a, a couple of ladies out on the train? Out on the tentacle? Uh, yes. Uh, this is quite strange. I, I'm almost starting to wonder if um, I'm in one of your dreams, if or if you're all in one of my dreams, or if this really is a shared dream. Um, Maggie's just kind of like feeling, thinking it's it's all a dream, you know. Maggie's staying pretty lighthearted and kind of just, you know, it's it's a fun dream. Let's have fun. Well, I'm inclined to think that it's a shared dream if it is a dream. Uh, certainly, I continue to exist when you're not in the room, and I assume I'm still I'm, I assume you still exist when I'm not in the room. So that would rather indicate that it's not an individual dream and it's not your dream. Uh, and then I look down at what I'm still wearing, the original outfit I came in, unless this is what you dream I would wear, in which case you have interesting taste. Maggie, you look down and you realize that Lady Elizabeth is, she probably shouldn't open the, the dress anymore because you're not sure she's wearing any underclothes at all. Under <laughs> okay. It's a robe and that's kind of sort of open and just uh -huh. she's existing here. And also mm -hmm. you notice too that she, out of everyone, doesn't conform to the standard roles like there is nothing about her clothing style that goes with anything else that's here and even the outfit she took out to show you 
it looks something like out of a dream. Well, um, Lady Elizabeth, if this is your dream and, and my dream merged together, um, then you certainly do dream in a way that I, I haven't imagined um, before. Though I do sometimes uh, dream that I'm in a public space naked, and, and it seems like that's partially your dream right now. Oh, only half. Have to leave something to the imagination. Not too much of an imagination, though. How, how long until you'll be uh, ready? We should probably uh, meet up with the gentleman. Uh, not too long, I should imagine. Uh, I'm just standing there, just completely unconcerned with anything. <laughs> it's like, living my truth. Uh, should only take a few minutes. Okay, well, I will wait back in my um, compartment and then we can um, track the boys down. I heard attract the boys, and I was like, well, I don't think you have any trouble with that. <laughs> track, track them down. Yes, indeed. So, Professor, or perhaps Simon? Am I still sharing a room with the Professor? No, it, well, you share a wall, but not a room. No, I'm just going to go kick my legs up on a desk shape in my room while I lean back in a chair shape made from monstrous creature and sharpen my blades and take inventory on all the weapons on me. Okay, so it looks like you have a hand and a half sword a short sword and a collection of daggers. It also looks like you have a in one of these pouches you have what looks like looks like a note. I take out the note and see what language it's in. Uh, it's English. I will read it. It says don't forget to wake up. Interesting. Do I have any red candles in this one? <laughs> no. No red candles, at least that you've seen, anyway. Well, you haven't investigated fully. I will check under the bed for my box. <laughs> it's not there, actually. Um, there isn't a box under your bed. You do see a hideous mass of tentacles that seem to writhe in every direction, though. So why don't you give me a sand roll? And that is a 40 under 63. Okay. Yeah, you lose a point of sanity, but you recoil physically. Uh, it, the undulating nature of the hundreds of tentacles that are writhing under that bed, seemingly just lying in wait, is a little too much for your mental state at the moment. Why, these are a nice set of blades. I'll go back to sharpening them. <laughs> Professor? Yeah, so Richard will get in his um, compartment, have a have a good look around. Mm. Yeah, the things are pretty well situated in here. You've got a place to rest if necessary. There's a sink. It looks like it's got hot and cold water here. Um, there's a, a little less in the manner of um, personal grooming items here, it seems. There are a strange selection of hats, though. Hmm, do tell. And, um... You have uh, what looks like a a small writing desk tucked into one corner. So what's what's on the writing desk or in it? If there's any uh, little cubby holes or drawers. Yeah, you look around in the uh, the drawer here. It's there. There's a uh, parchment, ink, quill. Richard's kind of thinking it would be handy if there was a little brochure on the Dreamlands Express, maybe a map or something which explained the history of the line or anything like that. Okay. 
No, you can go and look around. Maybe something tucked in a pocket on the back of the door, or he's going to kind of have a really good look uh, all around. Yeah, you look uh, around, and, and after maybe a minute or so of looking in the crevices and whatnot, you turn and there's a very, very lithe tentacle that has reached out towards you. And uh, it has a piece of a sheaf of paper in its hand. Ah, why? And Richard finds himself thanking this thing. Um, thank, thank you for that. You try not to think that you've just thanked a tentacle. Uh, what's on the piece of paper? It looks like a map. Aha, it's definitely a map. Hmm. Looks like it shows the route of the train from uh, Ulthar to uh, Dilathleen, which is evidently coming up next. Interesting. It also has the next rock plotted out after that. It looks like you're going to cross a river or a lake, perhaps, all the way down to this city called Zar. You've no idea what Zar is or what it means, but there does seem to be a slight route painted out here. And do we get a rough idea of the geography of the place? Is it um, just a, like a straight line with different stations on it, or does it go around mountains or rivers? It's quite the selection of territories here, whether it be mountains or grasslands. It looks like there's uh, quite a bit of rocks you'll encounter shortly. Perhaps some hills, maybe. Mm. You do see, though, on the map that uh, Zara is on the coast. So you'll have uh, another crack here at uh, at seeing some water. Richard's pondering this. He's going to take another quick look at his device and just see if it's still there and very much in the same shape as it was before. Yes, it it is in the box as you had seen it before. It's in the same you know, state. It hasn't been damaged or whatnot. Mm. Uh, but there is almost a, a glaze on it. There's almost this sheen of light that exists from it. It glows a bit here on the Dreamlands Express. So Richard's going to ponder that, and uh, I think he's got a question or two for Henri Peters before he uh, steps too far out of the ordinary, I think. There's a knock on your door. Richard will open the door. You see, Conductor Peters. Excuse me, monsieur, did you need something? Um, it's almost as if you read my mind. Um, I did have one question for you. It's it, of course, of course. May I come in? Oh, oh uh, yes, of course. Please do, please do. He steps in. I was kind of thinking this is a, a sleeping compartment uh, with a bed there, and uh, but we're we're already asleep. We, we're in these dreamlands. So what happens when we when we fall asleep here? Do we dream in a dream? It is a wonderful question, isn't it? Yes. My first trip to the Dreamlands was much like yours, I think. I was aboard the Orient Express. I'd fallen asleep after uh, uh, copious amounts of uh, wine, uh, thanks to a uh, thanks to an Italian businessman. And I woke up, uh, much like you did in Uthar. I uh, I knew somehow that my life would never be the same. And I was right. But what I can tell you is if you choose to sleep here provided your 
body in the waking world has not been moved or harmed, you should wake up without incident. So you're saying if, uh, if I was to fall asleep here, in the dreamlands, then I wouldn't dream? There wouldn't be another dream? Oh, no. No, of course not. I, one might wonder if uh, you could end up on a train somewhere in your dream in a dream. It's trying to be funny here. He looks down at the device you have. I don't know if it's out still or just the case is out for it. or um, If you have it in hand, I'm not sure how you would. Yeah, I think he'd probably have it in hand. He's, he's a man that likes a bit of sort of tactile um, thinking, I like to call it. So mm-hmm. he'll, uh, if he's thinking about something, he's probably got something in his hands and he's fiddling with it when he's when he's sort of thinking about it. That That helps him. Um, and if there's nothing to hand, it'll probably be his pair of wooden dice. He looks a little... He looks down at what you have in your hand and kind of steps back. Where did you... Where did you come by that? Um, it was, uh... Well, given to me, loaned to me by a, a... A trusted friend and colleague. I've only seen it once before, but it was ages ago. You have? Where? Hmm. When? Who? Here. Who had? On the train. Uh, On the, on the Orient Express. No, no, no. On this train. On. Uh, uh, How is this possible? Well, the older gentleman who had it was traveling. He was looking for something. Uh, If um, if it's not too much to ask, could could I ask for you to describe him? Oh, of course. Um. Well, relatively uh, amiable man. Uh, English. Um, beard. Um, he seemed to go on about a great many subjects. Anything in particular? Um, oh, well, he's student of history. Um, archaeology. Ah. Did, did he mention his name? I believe he said his name was Smith. Yes, he, he is indeed my friend and colleague. Um, who gave me this device? Hmm. I'm sad to say I've not seen him in several years. Ah, no, he's um, still in London, if you, uh, you can remember where that is. <laughs> of course I remember where London is. I just, well, it's not one of our stops. No, um, we should all pull out the map. But yes, one of your... Um, Assistance uh, gave me this. Uh, Most helpful. Oh, shockingly incomplete. Would you like a real one? Oh, if you have one to hand, that would be um, fantastic. Thank you. Of course. So, did your professor tell you anything about this uh, device? He points to it. Very little, I'm afraid. Um, It came, I believe, with a a book um, which explained its operation. Unfortunately, the professor was unable to uh, to open the book, and <laughs> indeed, one of our uh, our travelling companions, um, uh, Lady Elizabeth, is um, is in possession of the book. And um, yes, we're, we're we're all trying to work out how to open it. Hmm. He seems to mentally push his uh, mustache aside, as if he's deep in thought. I don't. I think you should be very careful with that. Yes, I was... I mean, uh, do you know if the professor used the device on the train, or...? Hmm. 
We saw it used once. Ah, and uh, what happened? Well, the gentleman seemed to walk backwards, as if he was going in reverse. His actions, everything changed. He came out of it soon after that, but he discussed that he'd seen things that took place that only some of the most elderly cats here have ever even heard of. And, uh, did he seem okay afterwards? Well, he did need quite a rest afterwards. Yes. He kept complaining about this, uh, it being incomplete. He was was here looking for something, I believe, but um, he never confessed to me what he was looking for. see. I think I see. How did you know that I had a question for you? Or was your visit fortuitous? <laughs> you must understand, this is my train. All of the inhabitants within it are my guests. And it is my highest goal to make sure all of my inhabitants are taken care of. I see. One was to ask for, say, a fork. Um, would your... And Richard nervously points towards the uh, the tentacle. Would your <laughs> your assistant be able to provide a fork? Something bumps your left elbow. <laughs> I look down. It's a tentacle with a fork. Ah, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, if I was to suggest that I needed an implement to cut something with, what what would happen? I might ask what you need to cut. Uh, it, uh, purely a thought experiment, you understand. Um, if, I mean, I, when I asked for a fork, a fork appeared. But can I maybe express a need in the form of a purpose or an outcome? And uh, your assistant will find the appropriate solution, shall we say? If they are simple items, the train will provide what it can. It is what is dearest to me. And so its job is to fulfill the needs and, in many cases, the desires of its passengers. If you need a cup of tea, we're happy to provide you with one. Yes. You understand, this is a, a, a delightful train and a, a such a wonderful experience. I, I simply want to understand um, mm. more. It is, it is fascinating. It is, it is, my friend. He puts his hand on your shoulder. But do us the respect of not turning it into a science experiment. Yes, I... <laughs> I I did so wonder um, what uh, Professor Smith may have made of this. I, I'm sure he was, uh, was fascinated as well. He was. You know that you, as a dreamer here, have the ability to shape the world yourself. That's all that's going on. He gestures to the room. This is just an ongoing dream for me. This is what I have made here over many years. And so, should you wish to create something, then use the power of the dream itself to make it happen. Are you suggesting that I I made the fork? Or did did you make the fork? That is a wonderful question. Richard's just silent. 
waiting for an answer. <laughs> well, um, the banquet is coming soon. I hope you are prepared. Uh, yes, I, I'm. I'm very much looking forward. To, I'm sure it will be the uh, most delightful. I hope you uh, enjoy the outfit that we have selected for you. Uh, yes, I, I haven't had a chance to look yet. I'm a little busy with this. Of course, I should leave you to it. He gestures to the drawer and it opens with the assistance of a few tentacles. Uh, looks like gold and red. He steps out. So while it is a little bit less in the sheer amount of clothing that you find in here, it isn't maybe what you were hoping for. Um, it's the hose, really. Um, and the shoes. And the, well, they're not even pants. They're something very special. So I shall leave you with that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> there is another hat in here. Oh, my. It's very large. And there's a feather coming out the back of it. What on earth? Oh, I never was very good at this in the real world, let alone this trickle costumery. Lady Elizabeth, your door opens. Rather quietly, if only maybe four or, say, five inches wide. And you have a guest uh, in the form of a very small black cat. Well, hello. It looks around the room and begins kind of padding very softly around, jumps into the windowsill. Uh, I just leave it be to wander around and, and look at things because I know from experiences with cats, um, like my cat Dante, that if you seem too interested in making friends with the cat, it'll completely ignore you forever. Uh, but if you ignore it, it'll eventually come around and make your acquaintance. It definitely checks your clothing out. It looks in the little wash basin that you have. It investigates under the bed, at least for a moment, until it kind of hustles out from underneath there. And then it jumps onto the, the seat alongside you. And then still doesn't necessarily go directly near you. It just kind of hangs out for a second. Make yourself at home. It looks up at you and kind of stares in very large, like emerald orb eyes at you. Can you talk? I always wondered if cats could talk in dreams. It um, sits sits up a little bit straighter. Why, yes, of course. Ah. I'm an Ultharian. Marvelous. It's wonderful to make your acquaintance. I'm Lady's very excited by this because she's always wished that her cat would talk back to her because she spends so much time at home alone. So this is just like wish fulfillment, fantasy, everything right now. <laughs> it's going to um, look adorable, mm -hmm. which uh, a role which it needs no role for. <laughs> you smell different. Different from what? Oh, everyone else that's here. You mean my friends or the other passengers on the train? The humans. Ah. You're not like the rest of them. Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know that. What do they smell like? Humans. Hmm. What do I smell like? She raises an eyebrow. Stardust. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely thing to say. What's your name? Blackjack. Blackjack? It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. You can call me Elsie. Elsie? 
Hmm. You're the only one who gets to do that, by the way. Nobody else knows. Blackjack leaps into a win- the window and you see the back and forth swish of its tail. Uh, it seems to almost ward off the tentacles that get near it. They seem to pay attention to the tail for a moment. And then when the cat has, you know, an issue <laughs> with them getting too close, like they recoil and stay back. Where are you going on this train? Oh, well, wherever it takes us. That's the nice part of the deal with Henry. So you just get to go anywhere? Anywhere we like. That must be nice. I know cats are adventurous. I just never really saw one on a train before. We have our territory, and Henry thought that the train would be a wonderful addition to the Land of Dreams, and he worked out a deal. We get to ride for free. He gets to start his express in Ulthar, which, of course, is the best place to start it. Oh, yes. I was very happy when I uh, found myself in your lovely town. I'm sad I didn't get to explore more of it. It was it looked quite lovely. You know about the... What did you call it? Uh, the, the Waking World? Sounds horrid. Yes, doesn't it? Uh, but I have a... Uh, a friend somewhat like you in, in my world, and uh, he can't talk, unfortunately, but uh, I rather think you two would get along. Well, perhaps I'll see them here sometime. Oh, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up here in his dreams. Cats are great dreamers, or so I'm told. Oh, Otharian cats are the best. Mm, I don't doubt it. He hops down from the windowsill. Perhaps I shall see you at the banquet. Of course. I intend to be there, and you're welcome to visit, of course, whenever you'd like. Hmm, thank you. See Blackjack kind of slowly walk. He walks close enough to, like, rub against your legs and then walk out. Ah, just like a cat. Well, I do believe I will enjoy this journey. You all get dressed at some point for the banquet. Is anyone else engaging in anything, any other explorations on the Dreamland Express before the banquet? I'd like to see um, if I can find Henri Peters at some stage as well, because I have a couple more questions I'd like to ask him. So I'll kind of get myself all sure. dressed up in my finery, observe myself in the uh, in the mirror, make sure I'm spick and span, mm-hmm. everything's shipshape in Bristol fashion, um, and then I'll, I'll head out and uh, kind of walk up and down the compartment a little bit and see what I can see. Well, when you step out of your compartment prepared to investigate the rest of the Express and probably get in touch with Henri, you find him in the corridor. Oh, good Lord, Mr. Peters. <laughs> you do pop up. I do indeed. Uh, how can I help you, sir? Uh, well, I was just uh, I was just wondering if you could tell me uh, a little bit more um, about this, uh, this place, um, the, the train and the, the people and... Uh, well, I, I suppose, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but um, when I look in the mirror here, I, I see a very different face looking back at me than I do um, in uh, in my normal day-to-day life, so to speak. Yes, it's very uncommon. Few dreamers uh, arrive here as they're, well, what we would call avatars. Avatars? I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with the phrase, I'm afraid. Oh, uh, it's a um, 
perhaps it's a bit of a dreaming terminology that I would use. Uh, we would call them your idealized self in that regard. So there is some part of you. He kind of examines your clothing uh, and then he, he points to it uh, with just the, the gentlest of touch. There is something inside of you that's a, a man of order, yes? Uh, and, and you must have served at some point in, in the, the army or the military? I, I did. I uh, in, Indeed, uh, I, was, uh, I was a soldier during, during the war. Mm. Well, yes, yes. This is part of it, but but uh, it, I would agree with you that any any appearance you have here is open to interpretation, and could simply be just an, <laughs> it could be just a momentary flash in your memory, perhaps when you were passing into the dreamlands, uh, you thought of perhaps you thought of a memory that happened during a war, but uh, there is a part of you that exists here as that. So, uh, this, I don't know, the, the, this avatar, you called it, the, the, that I see when I when I look in the mirror here and the, the, the clothes that I'm wearing, the, this is not some some other person, then. This is some reflection of myself. Is that what you mean? Oh, indeed. Indeed. As we all are. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find my, my place in this world, if you, if you catch my drift. I'm, I'm trying to trying to see how I fit in here. I'm not quite putting the pieces together in my head as yet. Mm. Um, we all seem very different, uh, um, some, some more so than others, it's true, but we are not as we were. Mm. No, it is a dream, sir, and nor should you be. If you appeared here, in, from my perspective, if you appeared here completely as you are in the waking world, I would be very concerned. For your imagination would have gone dead, as a, a rose does on a, on a vine after its season of bloom is over. These things, we, we want to avoid them if at all possible. You want to be colorful and, and, uh, and perhaps, a, perhaps a bit flippant, yes? Perhaps this is all just a bit of fun, and you need not worry, for your place and time here will surely come and go, just as it would in the waking world. I see. I see. So, uh, I suppose this is a this is a little like you hear about the uh, the, the dreams of the opium fiends in uh, in Chinatown and uh, and the like. Have you been to our bathhouse? You ha you have a bathhouse on the train? Oh, indeed. Just a few cars down. If there is um, perhaps a, a memory you wish to relive, or perhaps a experience, the uh, some of the hookahs there could likely assist you in such uh, dalliances oh, I, 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 I don't partake <laughs> I mean uh, th thank you very much for, for the offer but uh, uh, the, a, a small glass of uh, single malt is, is the, the extremity of my uh, experimentation <laughs> with the, the, um, substances which uh, dull the senses shall we say sure uh, but tell me um, good sir how long can you keep up your vigilance for? Should you, shouldn't every man be given the opportunity to, to finally relax a bit? You're on guard, much as the uniform shows, which, by the way, I think you look smashing in it. Oh, well, thank you very much. Very kind of you to say so. Uh, I do feel uh, somewhat uh, elevated, hmm. I suppose. Yes, uh, yes uh, 
The colonel, it seems, huh? He taps the yes. right so it would forearm. Seem. Oh. But, uh, of course, I'm not, I'm not an officer myself. Uh, this, is just a, this is just a fancy. It's, uh, Henry salutes you. Just, you know, kind of, not mockingly, but just... Uh, at ease, at ease. <laughs> indeed. All right, then. Um, perhaps if you had something of home to, to remind you about home, hmm? perhaps... Uh, 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 a photograph. Perhaps there's um, a particular uh, record I could put on for you. Oh yes. Mm. Oh no, that that would be a thing. Aye. Mm. Yes, indeed. Aye. He extends his hand towards one of the uh, uh, open cars beyond the, the sleeping cars. Come, come with me. Uh, uh, thank you, thank you. Aye, I will. The two of you wander into the back into the car that you entered the train on. And you see that the seats here have, again, that they're they're a little bit wider, but there's more space in the car than you kind of remember the first time. Uh, there's a bit of open space here, and he steps to one side of the car, and then, with just as he does, up from the floor comes what appears to be a phonograph. Oh wow! My goodness me! Oh, wow. It grows out of the floor, and uh, he steps over to it. And he says, "Now, um, your hands, but." Put them, put them over the, the phonograph, and I want you to think about what you'd like to hear. I'll hold my, my sort of hands rather tentatively uh, towards this, this strange contraption that's uh, sort of materialized out of nowhere. Mm. Like so? Yes, yes. As, as if you're... Uh, have you ever perhaps thrown pottery? I've seen it done, but uh, I've, I've never attempted it myself. He takes the needle down from its position and the wheel itself begins to spin. And what I'd like you to do is think for me, he says, about the song you'd like to hear. Hi. I have, I have one in mind. It's the so- soprano aria from uh, Puccini's Madama Butterfly. Mm. O, o cara. All right, roll dreaming for me. Okie dokie. So my dreaming is... Half my pow, yes. Your dreaming is one-fifth your pow. One-fifth my pow, sorry, yes, I misread that. One-fifth my pow. Okay, let me just bring that up. We shall see what we shall see. Oops. So one-fifth of my pow is eleven. It's going to be a tricky one. Ah, that's just off a uh, 19. You can spend luck, obviously, if you'd like. I think I might. I think, yes. I think uh, eight points of luck are worth spending, I think, for this particular. So I shall do that. I'm going to say that this costs you two points of magic. So you reach your hands down okay. and you have them positioned over the phonograph. And as you do, you begin to hear the sounds of the aria. And you hear it deeper and louder in your mind. And it gets to the point where it's about regular listening level for you, Mr. Fraser. And as you open your eyes, you see the record spinning in time uh, has appeared on the phonograph. And now everyone in the train can now begin to hear this music. And Henri puts his hand on your shoulder and says, 
I think you have the hand of it, sir. Enjoy your music. And uh, yeah, James's eyes are closed, and he just kind of nods his head and smiles as he's lets the music just fill him, transport him. Very well, Maggie. What are you up to? Following the getting ready with Lady Elizabeth, um, I assume that Maggie would pop out of her room uh, to try to track down everyone else, assuming it's getting uh, closer to the banquet. It is. In fact, um, Richard pops out of his room just as he's finished there, and you see him in this outfit. It's something rather striking. Uh, Maggie laughs. <laughs> Do you like it? Um, uh, yes, I I think it's quite becoming on your legs. Yes, I'm afraid that's all that was here. I didn't have an awful lot of choice, to be honest. <laughs> the red the red feather off the back of the um, hat there is something to behold. <laughs> There's a lot of plumage there. Um, and um, I, I compliment a man who can wear a cape uh, so fittingly. Yes, it does look a little um, Spanish, I believe. Uh, yes, uh, you could you could possibly fight the bulls with it. Yes, I'm sure I could fend something off with this, but um, <laughs> yes, quite what I don't know. I'm sorry, Richard. Um, I I must say you look uh, spectacular too. Oh, uh, thank you. Yes, uh, you'll, you'd have been able to see the. Uh, it seems that uh, Maggie's been outfitted with uh, something rather, um, well, rather green. It's not uh, precisely my style um, either, but I do think that this uh, color is quite flattering on me. Uh, yes, it's uh, the same sort of green as a the, the pine tree, I think. Yes, yes, uh, pine trees. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, have you seen the Lady Elizabeth yet? Um, no. This is when Lady E comes sauntering out of her stateroom. And I do mean sauntering. She has never sauntered before in her <laughs> life, but she is doing it now. <laughs> you, uh, you have a very similar uh, outfit. This, this outfit that you're wearing now, as far as the cut goes, is a little similar to the last one. The tunic, of course, or the shirt, this lavender shirt, covers where where the other did not. Um, but you also have a pair of um, fairly well-done boots that go up to about mid-calf. And so there's a... It's definitely a style all your own. Ah, uh, Professor, Miss Bellinger. Looking uh, quite uh, King Henry VIII there. Um, uh, yes. why thank you M- Miss uh, Anne Boleyn I'm, I may presume <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm not entirely sure uh, where some of our outfits uh, came from but that's, uh, that's okay I, I think um, 
if you wear an outfit with confidence, um, it's it's more so about you wearing the clothes. You can't let the clothes wear you. Oh, I quite agree. Just sort of look down at the, the outfit and smile happily. It seems like your subconscious uh, wishes for an earlier era. It's uh, interesting I... you're both in the same era, though. Yes, it certainly seems to be pining for something. Uh, so the, the three of you standing there in the hallway can uh, see just down into the next car where um, there's a gentleman in a must be a cavalry uniform. Oh, that's that's Mr. Fraser. Am I still in the um, gramophone character? Indeed. You're in a bit of reverie there listening to such a beautiful aria. Looking rather dashing there, Mr. Fraser. His eyes kind of open and uh, a little start. Oh, I... <laughs> Terribly, terribly sorry, Your Ladyship. I, I, I didn't, uh, didn't see you, didn't see you there. Uh, well, goodness me, <laughs> you're uh, dressed to the nines as well, as always. Professor Courtney, uh, Miss Ballinger. Uh, well, I think uh, we've we, we've all scrubbed up rather nicely. Yes, I would say so. Um, have you seen uh, Mr. Griffith yet? I, I have not. I'm afraid. No. Um, I've. Uh, I've been here. Um, Mr. Peters showed me this uh, quite uh, remarkable, remarkable contraption here. It, it, it plays whatever music you, uh, you you can think of. I'm not quite sure how it works, but uh, well, I suppose it's all a dream, isn't it? It's, a, it's all a dream. Ah, have you tried it? Aye, aye, yes. Could could you not hear the music playing? Ah, oh, that's this this. This was your choice. Yeah, uh, yes, it was. I, I, I see. Um, so, how, uh, how did you make this come about? Did you just remember uh, the music, or? Um, well, sort sort of. Um, so, uh, well, uh, come here, and I'll I'll show you. Um, so, what you need to do, uh, this is the way Mr. Peters explained it to me. Anyway, is you need to stand in in front of the uh, the gramophone device. Uh, place your hands just uh, just so, and just kind of take take your hands and show you show you where to place them uh, by the uh, by the gramophone. Aye, aye, that's it, that's it. Aye, relax your shoulders. Aye, aye. Now, now what you've got to do is just think think of the piece of music that you want to listen to. Just think of it. Clear your mind of everything else, and just think of what you want to listen to. Um, I wouldn't want to disturb your. Uh... No, no, it's quite all right. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. You, you want to know how it works, yes? Absolutely. So Richard will just think of, I don't know, some classical music. Probably something like Greensleeve seems appropriate at this point. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's your choice. So uh, go right ahead and uh, give me a dreaming roll. Ah. As you begin to envision it and hear Greensleeves again. With the mention of Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn, this seems uh, seems like the sort of thing that would have popped into his head. Oh, so that's twenty-three, and I've got a sixteen. So, uh, likewise, I'm going to spend seven points of luck to make that happen. <laughs> so, what you all hear, and in turn, Mister Fraser, since your eyes are open, what you see is you see the grooves in this record begin to wobble 
as it slowly morphs from your aria into suitable reproduction of green sleeves. Aye, aye, that's the ticket. Aye, you have it now, sir. I see. Fascinating. I thought of a fork earlier, and a fork appeared, um, but it was carried by a tentacle. Oh, and that's uh, that's two MP that you lose, by the way. Right. A fork. Aye. Well, your imagination knows no bounds, Professor Courtney. <laughs> yes, well, um, best to start out with the simple things. Aye, indeed. Quite right, quite right. Walk before you can run, eh? Yes. Well, sometimes easier to um, work out what the underlying... He's waving his hand at this point. Uh, and I imagine those sleeves are flapping quite a bit when he does. <laughs> calm, calm, calm your jets, calm your jets. I, you're right, it is, it is. But sometimes, sometimes you just, you just have to let the music take you. Yes. Just relax, let yourself ride on the waves. Sometimes you learn more that way than by picking, picking at the threads. Yes, maybe. You all hear a bell. Almost sounds like a dinner bell. The compartment uh, door to the uh, uh, carriage that's beyond this one opens. And you see Henri standing there. Now, now, guests, may I invite you to the banquet? He extends a hand deeper in. Make sure your entire party is prepared. Very well. Uh, has anyone seen Mr. Griffith? Shall I pop along and uh, see if I can rouse him if he's in his carriage? Perhaps he's having a wee nap. Uh, yes, if you wouldn't mind, Mr. Fraser. Of course, your ladyship. And uh, Fraser will straighten his jacket in uh, Jean-Luc Picard style and uh, stride off down the carriage to Mr. Griffith's room. To his compartment. And, yep, there it is. And uh, he will knock on the door in a polite fashion. Mm-hmm. Mr. Griffith, uh, are you there, sir? Yes, I'm here. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, the bell has rung for uh, the evening meal. Uh, are you joining us? I'm sharpening. Come on in. Don't look under the bed. Uh, much perplexed. Uh, I'll kind of open the door and poke my head in. I, uh, sharpening, uh, I don't quite follow. Oh. I have about a dozen blades in front of me on my desk. They're all very shiny, you know, well-oiled. Looks like they've been all sharpened recently. Looks like they could cut air. Yes, don't look under the bed. Why? What's under the bed? You don't want to see it. Don't look under the bed. Very well. And he's imagining there's been an embarrassing incident with the chamber pot. <laughs> um, will you be joining us? I, I'm not sure you'll need quite all the blades. Yes, I'll be joining you. Are you are you quite well, sir? You seem a little um, out of sorts. Yes. Let me put these away. And I put away all the blades except for the big two, which I leave on the desk in their scabbards. And so I am I am armed, but not visibly armed. Okay. I adjust my eye patch, brush off my clothes. Mm. I haven't changed. He has not 
and that is probably what appears as a red flag in Mr. Fraser's mind. Mm-hmm. He he has not changed for the banquet. Sir, are you are you not going to put on your uh, evening dress for the banquet? I think it is de rigueur for this uh, type of event here. The the garments that are hanging in in the wardrobe just there, sir. Are you sure you're all right? You, you, you don't don't seem yourself. I am not all right. I am sure I need to eat. Let's go. Would Would you care for me to assist you in putting on your evening dress? Yes, sure. Let's do that. Let's go. Just wait one moment, sir, and I'll uh, get it for you. And I'll go over to the the, uh, the wardrobe and see what's there for him. Well, uh, it's something that's likely a bit familiar with uh, with yours, uh, as far as you go. This is a sort of doublet, almost like the one you had on before, although this one's gray rather than green, and there's uh, a few less... Um, um, there's no pocket watch on the outside, and there's no golden chains that hang from it, but uh, it is fairly fancy uh, and the the stitching is fairly well done uh, it's it almost shimmers ah this will do nicely sir now come along let's get you out of these uh, dirty everyday clothes and uh, get you into your finery all right let's do this so changing doesn't take a ton of time but uh, one thing you do notice is you get quite a bit less, um, well, belt pouches. Uh, you 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 feel a little less hampered down by all of the additional accessories, Simon. Although you do have more than enough space to hide a blade or two, should you so choose. Also, I do, I do choose. Yeah, I figured you would. Also, the the boots that they give you are like thigh high riding boots, and they're. Um, well, there's something. Uh, there's also a significant heel to them as well. I slide blades into the boots as well. Uh, are you sure you're going to need all, all those? I mean, we're just going for a meal after all. There may be tentacles. Uh, aye. Uh, it's a possibility, I suppose. Aye. Very good. Very smart. Just the ticket. So the banquet area is through several cars. You pass through another sleeping car in a corridor to get there with Henri leading the way. You pass through what looks like a saloon car. So there's a bar area here formally with, uh, well, quite a bit of empty seats, to be honest. But there's definitely uh, drinks to be had in here uh, if you so choose, perhaps at at a later date. There are dozens of tempting bottles that uh, perhaps await your uh, attention. Uh, There's also um, it looks like there's also a a few hors d'oeuvres here too. Uh, Like there's food just set out in case someone were to come and get hungry. But the banqueting hall, when Henri leaves you into it, is something that is phenomenal for a train. It's a long table that runs the center of the room with chairs on either side. It's all oak inset with teak. The table is set for a full meal. There's cloth of gold, 
knives of silver, ruby insets in their handles. You see beautiful crystal goblets and decanters. Several vintages of wine seems to be available. Um, And the smells that come from this room are something that just arouse your appetite in a real way. Whether it be the fresh meats or the produce or the cheeses that seem to just go on and on in their selection. There's a big egg at one section of the table. You're not really sure what it's for, uh, but it must be an ostrich or something like that. It's that size. Ari kind of bids you all to come and sit. Are there other passengers here as well, or is it just there us? There are. No, there are other passengers here as well. So uh, the three folks that joined you at the platform are here. So there's a gentleman. He looks like he's probably in his mid-60s. Uh, he's a, a bit of a stuffed shirt. Uh, he see has his banquet clothes on, but they don't necessarily... He he couldn't he couldn't button the jacket, sir, to save his life. It, would, uh, it wouldn't work. Um, and then there's a, a more uh, heavier bearded man here. He's dressed in would almost seem like relatively simple clothes for a banquet, but there are some, if you look a little closer, there are some fineries to them. Uh, he's got a definitely a, a heavily laden brow. He seems to be very concerned with something dark complex, darker complexion uh, and short, dark hair. And then there is that unmistakable Elizabethan woman who's gaunt and uh, her eyes are almost even a bit sunken. She must be in her 80s, maybe 90s. Um, she's here. She's got that ruffle collar on still. And she's swapped her outfit for something that's even more grandiose. Henri rings a bell at the end of the table. Please allow me to welcome you to your first banquet on the Dreamlands Express. You see, the room whirs into action. Plates and goblets begin to move of their own accord, uh, serving up the first course as tentacles large and small begin pouring drinks and serving food with proper spoons. There is no staff here per se. The train itself serves you the meal. In almost this chaotic yet in rhythm function. James has decided just to give himself over to this this is you know this is clearly a dream everything is topsy-turvy no one is as they should be there's these tentacles making things appear out of nowhere but there doesn't seem to be anything here that is in any way threatening and you know in in fact there does seem to be i think he's he's found from his experience with the music there does seem to be a way to some extent of, of, of shaping events to um, to your liking. So he's viewing all this as just a, a a release from daily life, although some of it is kind of, you know, there's a little bit of inhibition still still there, you know, because he's, because he's with people that he knows from daily life, but um, from the waking world, I suppose. Um, but he's just trying to He's really trying to relax and and enjoy it for what it is because um, you know it, it's just a fantasy. It's not it's not real. And soon enough, soon enough, he'll wake up and it, it'll be business as usual. But um, 
he's decided that he's just going to have a little moment of self-indulgence, just just because he can. Yeah, absolutely. So, Henri uh, takes one of the wine decanters and says, um, "These are there are several different selections here of wine. Um, most are uh, quite something special, and uh, this one he." points to the decanter that's coming down the table of him. This is, uh, well, this is Zug Moon Tree Wine. I would uh, caution you uh, to be uh, slightly careful with it huh? if you're um, if you're not up for um, something a bit stronger. He pours himself just a very tiny bit of it. You can see that, uh, Lady Elizabeth, you can see that Blackjack is here. He's kind of crept his way into the banquet. There are no other cats present at the time. And uh, he's slowly weaving his way through the table legs and the chair legs to get towards what must be the kitchen that serves the banquet room here. I'll just sort of wave at him if I catch his eye while he's on his way. You do. And he seems to acknowledge your presence, but uh, perhaps the uh, smells of the kitchen have uh, taken over his uh, attention. Unsurprising. I expect to see him again later, so I'll just, uh, I'll take a seat. You take a seat. Oh, this is quite the selection of both food and drink. It's, uh, unbelievable. As fantastic and fantasiful as the meal is, it is also as well prepared and as well thought out in its courses. Lady E is going to indulge herself a bit more than normal because... The reasoning is, if this is a dream, uh, then I can relax a little bit, let loose, kind of, uh, so to speak, in a way I can't in the in the normal world. And I don't seem to have all the same physical limitations in this world, so a little more wine than normal wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> yes, indeed. What kind of wine? So there's wines from Zarub, uh, from Implan, um, the... Carthian Hills and uh, that uh, Zug Moon tree wine that they mentioned as well. Something dark and fruity. Well, Henri explains this. He taps the decanter. He has his uh, fermented sap from a haunted tree that grows from a seed dropped by someone on the moon. Would you care to try some? That sounds delightful. He pours you a thimbleful. Start small mm. and work your way up. Now I'm intrigued. I'll take a, a sip of it from the thimble. Very good. Roll con. Uh, one of my stats I'm not very good at. Oh, 50. It's not too bad. So 28 under 50. It's amazing. It's a pure ambrosia on your lips and tongue. And all you want now is a little bit more. Mm, perhaps just... Uh, a little more to go with the meal. Oh, indeed. Have you found a taste for it? He pours you a little bit more. Yes, it's quite possibly the most wonderful thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> most dreamers can't stomach it, but uh, you seem to be a hearty one. Yes, surprisingly. The uh, kind of older, perhaps a bit swollen uh, man uh, introduces himself as uh, Mackenzie. My uh, constituents in the 
well, in the waking world, call me Mac. I, uh, I must confess, I, I never thought I would see any of you here, let alone so many. Most of my train rides here have been uh, a little lacking in humans, you understand. At least humans from the waking world. And where is it you hail from, Mr. Mackenzie? Oh, well, originally fair Scotland. Really? Tries to smooth his, you know, uh, bulbous form a little bit. Ah, east yes. or west? Or north or south? <laughs> uh, south, to be sure. Ah, around the borders. Mm, yes. Uh, I fought in the Boer War, actually. Um, did you know? I did, I did, but uh, turned uh, into a bit of a courier uh, business, you understand? Uh, trying to uh, wage my own uh, war of politics these days in our lands. Ah, so you're, uh, you no longer reside in uh, in Scotland then? Yeah? No, no. But uh, I must say, every ride, every time I get on this train, I'm remembered that... Uh, I'd rather be... Oh, I'd rather be writing poetry. That's my love. <laughs> uh, what? What is your profession then, sir? Are you a politician? Mm, indeed. Ah. Well, perhaps one day our, our paths may, may cross in the waking world. Mm. You never know. Perhaps. Perhaps and, uh, indeed. How, how, how long have you been coming to this strange place? Oh, I've, I think this is my... Th- Third? Yes, no, fourth. Fourth getting here. Oh. It's so very hard. Uh, I, I have found that when you when you wake place, if you don't pay attention, it it falls like a puff of smoke. You can't keep it in the box. Oh really? Oh, well, that's good to know. And and are you travelling aboard the Orient Express then? Mm, um not at the moment, but I have in the past. Oh. Oh really? Oh, I, I, I was, I was under the impression that that was that was the way to get here. That there was some, something about the, the train that, when you slept there, you, it brought you to this place. Well, the first time, to be true, the first time that uh, I came here into the dreamlands from the waking world, I was aboard the Orient Express. But uh, from what uh, our fair conductor Henri has explained to me. Once you, once you've been here once, you can come back. Oh, really? Oh, well, I'm, I'm, well, perhaps if if you don't mind, um, we may speak about this uh, at a later stage. Um, when we're not uh, when we're not dining with this uh, this wonderful repast that they've laid before us here. Yes, of course. I I apologize. I interrupted your meal. Oh no 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 no! It's it's quite all right. I uh, it's uh, I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm fascinated with uh, how you. How you come to be here uh, on multiple occasions? Uh, this is isn't it's like nothing I've ever experienced before. And I have to say, uh, it may seem <laughs> it may seem a little uh, self-indulgent of me, but uh, I wouldn't mind coming back again one day if that were possible. Just to raise your money, roll me spot hidden. Hmm. Of course. Let's see now. Now I improved my spot hidden at all latest improvement phase so fingers crossed I can make a 78 yes that is a normal success 58 under 78 you notice that the man has something on his right wrist it looks like a handcuff 
And as your eyes travel down the links there, you see that it's cuffed to a briefcase that sits on the chair beside him. It's uh, bulging, really. It's filled with all sorts of papers that bulge it, it seems. It seems. I, I couldn't help but noticing uh, the uh, the briefcase there. Important matters of state, eh? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Uh, I can't seem to... Uh, I can't seem to get rid of it, to be honest. Really? Is, is, is it... Is it here just in the dream, or is this something you've, you've brought through? I understand some some of some of my companions have brought through things from uh, from the waking world, although they are transmogrified somewhat. Mm. Yes, it seems. Every time I'm here, this valise is clamped down to me. One day I'll I'll be rid of it there in the Gulf of Nodens, as our fair conductor has suggested. Is it does does it? Way down on you somehow, as it is. Yeah. It's not—it's it's not of your choosing, I suppose—is what I'm saying. To have this thing, it—it uh, it looked like you have valuables that you're you're uh, uh, attempting to keep secure. That's—that's uh, that's the only reason I ask. Uh, sorry, I'm—I'm I'm prying. I do apologise. Of course, he grabs his wine goblet and takes a sip. Yes, you hear a voice from the other side of the table this bearded man with a slightly darker complexion he speaks up what is in the case wouldn't we all like to see you see uh, Mac get a little guarded can I make a psychology roll to see if I can kind of in some way analyze whether there's something he's maybe kind of holding back or there's, you know, there's, there's something maybe Something maybe a little less than honest about uh, this this case and his relationship to it. Sure. Uh, that is a sixty-seven, which I believe is a fail. Uh, oh yes, that's a, my psychology is only forty, so that's hmm. not a success. Hard to say what. Um the purpose of the case is, but uh, it's been made clear that he doesn't like people mentioning it, though. Yeah, it does seem to be something of a sore point with him, and and this other fellow seems to know that and be be deliberately kind of prodding and poking. I suspect there's some sort of uh, a past history between the two. Mm. You hear another voice, uh, almost a creak of wood uh, comes out of this elderly woman's throat. It's not proper to engage in such questions at this banquet. I would remind you to keep your mouth shut unless you have something pleasant to say. Is she saying this to the bearded man, yeah? She is. Oh, okay. Not to me then, okay. <laughs> no, this this looks like, I mean, just from your past histories uh, and knowledge and service, this looks like a woman that you probably don't want to tangle with and the banquet continues fine foods are had by all who else is engaging in any sort of drinking uh, Maggie almost certainly would be <laughs> I think Richard would probably try and join Maggie in a drink if for nothing other than to forget that outfit <laughs> indeed <laughs> it is very easy to engage in the drinking the jovial nature of the banquet for the most part uh, outside of a few quips from some of the other guests 
uh, is genuine and real. And it almost feels like a spirit that moves with you throughout the banquet, whether it's the first or second or even third course. The desserts that are eventually brought out are phenomenal. And the food, as you eat it, it does not feel like it fills you in the same way that waking world food would. Although the spirits and the um, uh, wine selections here especially uh, seem to affect you quite a bit. Um, It isn't too long before uh, the Maggie and Richard corner of the table is probably slightly louder than everybody else. And it doesn't really stop either. Music accompanies the banquet eventually and the entire table or most of the entire table seems to be having a pretty good time. Simon, how are you reacting to being served by an accompaniment of tentacles? I am avoiding the tentacles as much as possible. If they place the food in front of me, I will only pick at what looks the most normal. And I'm only drinking water because I don't trust even any milk that they could provide. I'm sure it would come from some horrible moon beast or <laughs> elephants or something like that. So, Well, the, the spit-roasted pheasant or quail or partridge is pretty, I mean, that's reasonable enough for you to eat. You know, the, the fruits and the nuts here you might pass on just because they don't necessarily look like much that you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Do they have bread? They do. So I can do some quail pheasant, dip the bread in the uh, juice, and I'll just settle with that and water. Okay. Henri eventually appears at your side and says, uh, "My good men, are you having a? Are you are you all right? Are you having a good time?" So your tentacles are unnerving. Mm. Well, I find them efficient. That doesn't change the fact that they're unnerving. I understand your efficiency. I am just not in favor of them myself. I see. Well, I could always make sure that they keep a distance from you, at at least as best they can. Would that be all right? I would prefer that, sir. Your saucers and your plate and goblin and whatnot, which have been, you know, mostly either accompanied by tentacles, keeping them from moving around on the table or uh, being served to you. They, you see them pull back, almost like grass burning away. Now, I want you to enjoy yourself. I, I promise you there is no food here that will harm you or drink. No harm will come to my passengers if I have anything to say about it. Oh, I, I do believe you, sir. I'm going to need to get some rest, I'm sure. Hmm. Actually, yes. I'm sure you all could use a bit of rest. The uh, music dims a bit. If you would all like, I can accompany you to your sleeping apartments and make sure that you are well prepared for tonight's rest. If it's time to go, then certainly. Indeed, milady. There are many things that have to call, yes? Many pressing matters? Yes, it would seem so. I would like to invite you back. So, should you desire in the future to return to the Dreamlands Express, 
I should hope to find you waking then from your staterooms there. Prepared for the next leg of our journey, yes? Oh, I can almost guarantee you'll find me there. Hmm. Now, now. Don't travel here too often. No, wouldn't want to overdo it. Everything in moderation. Blackjack, get out of the kitchen. He turns, kind of hustles back down through the banquet hall and seems to gather the, the black cat carefully, but assuredly. Now, your mother is going to be very upset if you get yourself sick. And carries the cat back with them back towards the sleeping cars with you. Have a good meal, Blackjack. Um, you can tell just from the look on that cat's face, it had more than a good meal. <laughs> it looks extremely satisfied. Hmm. Extremely. You all settle into your compartments, which have been made into beds as you've been at the, the uh, banquet service. Henri makes sure that you're properly cared for and tucked in into some of the finest fabrics uh, that your body has felt. The beds here are unbelievably comfortable. And sleep arrives the moment you close your eyes. No waiting, no adjusting. It happens. And that is where I will leave you tonight. And so I want to thank all of our backers and all of our listeners. We greatly appreciate your support. I hope you're enjoying our travels through the dreamlands. And next time, maybe we'll be somewhere else. So again, thank you for your time. We appreciate it greatly. <laughs>